Global efforts to both treat and prevent HIV/AIDS can succeed, but researchers, medical workers, and governments need to learn lessons from the past and be mindful of how the world is changing. Those were some of the key messages coming from experts talking at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine on World AIDS Day 2010. Professor Geoffrey Garnett from London's Imperial College gave a summary of where we are right now with the AIDS epidemic. And I talked to him about the positive and negative developments that need to be addressed. I think we've reached a stage in the epidemic where, over the last twenty、uh, odd years,、uh, the epidemic's been growing to very high levels in some places, southern Africa.、Uh, we've had out- localized outbreaks in particular、uh, key populations in other uh, countries. Uh, we're now at a place where the epidemic has reached an endemic level. We're getting millions.、Uh, 1.9 million people died last year, but the, those numbers have been reduced dramatically by the rollout of antiretroviral treatment, where 5.6 million people、uh, are on antiretroviral treatment uh, from uh, by 2009. What that means, though, is that there's still a lot of people who ne- are in need of treatment aren't getting treatment. So,、uh, to me, we've done a fantastic job of expanding access to treatment and expanding services,、uh, but there's still a great deal to to be done. In terms of prevention, we're at a position where we've seen great reductions in risk behaviour in a number of countries now, building on what happened in、uh, Uganda and Thailand. It's now happened in uh, Zimbabwe, uh, Malawi, uh, Ethiopia, Rwanda, a number of countries where we've seen dramatic reductions in. In HIV incidence, but we don't really understand how those were achieved,、uh, what what the details of the relationship between prevention programs and those reductions in risk were. We also heard a bit from a, a number of the speakers today about the way in which changes could occur over the coming decades that would affect how AIDS, HIV/AIDS, is going to be have to be dealt with.、Um, for example, you know, rural to urban population and this kind of thing. I mean, what for you are the key things that are going to affect and really come on the radar of how HIV/AIDS is tackled? I mean, the、uh, rural to urban is an interesting one in that we did see higher prevalences in in urban populations and higher risk. Also, in some of the places, for example, Zimbabwe, where we've been looking, we saw changes in risk behaviour were different in the urban population, in the rural population. In the urban population, it seems to have been increases in condom use. In the rural population, it seems to have been reductions in numbers of sexual partners. So, I think. The urbanisation is going to create a great risk, an environment where risk behaviour can take place, but also creates opportunities in that people can have access to clinics, access to treatment.、Uh, so we can see the improving in the health systems in those urban populations. I think population growth is something that's going to drive up the numbers in need of treatment.、Uh, I also think that economic growth and development in countries.、Uh, Girls' education; those other development things can have a, an influence on our ability to tackle、uh, HIV. So we saw examples of where poverty、uh, wasn't 
particularly associated with HIV. And what's probably happened over time is that at first it was the wealthy within society that were at risk of HIV infection. The infections then spread to the poorer members of society, while the richer members of society have been able to change their behaviours and protect themselves from HIV. So that whole development education uh, agenda, I think, is going to be very powerful in facilitating uh, the HIV interventions that are acting more directly on the epidemic. I want to dwell on economic growth as well because one of the things that came out of the talks today was the sheer complexity of the epidemic and the number of different factors and new factors perhaps that are coming into the equation. When it comes to economic growth, it does have an interesting impact on things like the cost of treatment and the ability of countries to be able to care for their unwell uh, people in their population. So, I mean, yeah, how, how would you say that's coming into the equation and is it going to help us? I think the economic growth will, will help because it means there are more domestic resources. I think the, the, the costs of treatment are interesting in that the drugs are just one part of those costs and we've seen dramatic reductions in the cost of drugs but we do have to think about efficiencies in terms of uh, the delivery of those drugs, the workforce that's able to, to treat patients. And I think over the next 20 years, a really important development is going to be trying to simplify the treatment algorithms and make treatment easier in terms of toxicities, in terms of adherence, in terms of, uh, in terms of monitoring patients. And I think that will then allow uh, a much wider access to the treatment uh, that going hand-in-hand hand with the development of the health systems and, uh, and development allowing people, to, countries, to afford uh, what's required. You also showed some interesting data to do with the the stage of disease and how infectious somebody is at that stage and how that might impact on treatment. So tell us about that and how treatment and prevention kind of overlap in a way. The arguments are, uh, abound about the importance of treatment and prevention. There are some that believe if we can put people on tr in treatment immediately, we can stop their infectiousness and stop the spread of the infection altogether. I think that's probably too difficult to capture people early on in their infection to actually find the people to put on treatment. But what we do see as well is that there's, after that primary viremia, there's a long period of, of latency when there's a low viral load and probably low infectiousness. And then there's a period with a higher viral load as people progress to AIDS and need for treatment. And uh, I think that if we can get a better coverage of people uh, who need treatment, we can reduce their risk of transmitting the infection onto other people. Uh, recent data from a discordant couple study, uh, Partners in Prevention, showed a 94% reduction in uh, transmissibility from uh, those who are on treatment compared to those who aren't on treatment in this, those discordant couples. So I think there's a lot can be done for prevention with treatment. What about um, recent developments as well that we heard about briefly in the session, such as uh, a trial on vaginal microbicide? Is that uh, changing the game at all? The trial on vaginal microbicide is interesting. Uh, I think the, the efficacy was uh, in the region of 38 to 40%, uh, which is not going to totally protect women from the infection. So those women that can't use condoms at high risk, I think it would be a very useful product. But there is concern about what happens to other prevention activities such as condom use. So I think the, the vaginal microbicides are probably a very useful tool because they, they allow women to take control of, of their 
uh, risk. But at the same time, they're going to have to be used in combination with other prevention tools. Uh, the more you can combine things that reduce risk, the better in terms of moving from a situation where the virus spreads widely to one where it's, it's contained. Uh, so we get synergies uh, out of combining interventions. Likewise, I think the pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is taking antiretroviral drugs in those who are susceptible to prevent infection, is interesting and that's shown high efficacy. But there you've got to be concerned about breakthrough infections leading to resistance, so you would have to survey people to check they didn't have the breakthrough infections. The drugs are costly and we, sh we need to treat the people who are uh, sick as well as susceptible to prevent the infection. So there I think the issue is how we best prioritize who it would be useful to give the pre-exposure prophylaxis to. What kind of gains can be made then according to the available data if we do manage to roll out a comprehensive intervention of treatment and prevention? It really depends on the, the place and how uh, vigorous the spread of the virus is. If it's very vigorous, uh, i.e. it's spreading widely, you need a lot to bring it under control, less if it's, if it's not spreading that widely in a country. But from the efficacy data in trials, and that's trial data showing behavior changes as well as impact on HIV incidence, uh, we can see about a 50% reduction in uh, new infections if we scale up prevention. Uh, that's taking us halfway there, but we do need these new tools to be added uh, and also the, the community changes uh, to take us further and actually uh, bring the epidemic to very low levels where uh, few infections are coming through, so treatment is easy to, to manage and maintain. And in terms of numbers, if we compare the likely kind of curve of the number of people who are going to be infected or newly infected with and without treatment prevention, I mean, literally, what, what kind of numbers can we gain there? We did an analysis uh, in South Africa and we found that uh, we could prevent, with our current technologies, uh, five and a half million people from being infected over the next 22 years. Uh, Globally, uh, it's many, many more than that uh, that we can prevent. Uh, so, so we can achieve a lot with the tools that we have. Finally, looking into the future and looking long-term, which has been the focus of the discussions today on World AIDS Day, I, what I want to ask is, are you optimistic about where we are? There was talk about, um, you know, have we halted the disease or not? Perhaps that's not true, but still, I mean, it yeah. does seem like there are things, successes that we are drawing on here. I'm naturally a pessimist, and, but it's interesting that my pessimism has been proved wrong in the past. So now I'm going to try and be an optimist. I think we have had uh, big successes in preventing uh, spread of infection, but uh, there's, there is great concern. Over the, the medium term, I think we're going to have a growing need of treatment and a growing uh, financial burden that it's going to be very difficult to meet. The world so far has been improving, uh, and I just sincerely hope that we can continue those improvements. Professor Geoffrey Garnett of Imperial College, talking to me after his lecture at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine on World AIDS Day 2010. For Audio News, I'm Derek Thorne.